Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. While you might say you've trusted the Lord for eternal life, do you find trusting Him for daily life more difficult? If you answered yes, most followers of Jesus would agree with you, and we all hope to get better at it. As we come to Genesis 22, we come to one of the more difficult passages in the Bible. While it's an extreme test for Abraham, God uses it in his life and will use tests in your life to reveal weaknesses in our faith and also, more importantly, to develop a deeper and more vibrant faith in us. Let's jump in and join Pastor Jim in part one of his message, Learning to Fully Trust the God Who Provides. Well, trusting people, trusting people is not something that comes that easy to a lot of us, does it? Probably even most of us. It can even be hard, no matter how much lip service you want to give to it as a Christian, it can even be hard to trust God. That can be a real challenge for us in certain circumstances. If you're not a follower of Jesus, and there's always people that come to join us or watch us online that are not, and they contact us during the week, or they'll contact, they'll hear hear me on the radio or something like that and contact uh, us. We're glad that you're joining us. And Jesus and the apostles taught that the way to get to heaven, the way to have all of your sins forgiven, and to get to heaven was to uh, turn from your sin to God to no longer put your trust in yourself, no longer thinking, well, I'm a good person, I'm going to heaven, but to put your trust in Jesus Christ, the perfect lamb of God, instead of yourself, and that he died or took the punishment for your sins. And it's really a simple declaration of faith and trust in Jesus that I've transferred my trust from myself to Jesus. So if I were to die, And today, I'm going to die eventually, but if I were to die and get to heaven and they said, well, why should we let you in? And my answer will be because I've trusted in the life of another. While trusting uh, Jesus for forgiveness of sins and eternal life is true, for followers of Jesus, trusting the Lord with daily life is often a struggle. So for some reason, it it seems to make all the sense in the world to a lot of us to trust God for eternal life. But today's a little bit of a different story. And I think it's one that we all hope that we're improving at. If you're a follower of Jesus, you want to get better and better at this, don't you? You don't want to get worse at trusting Jesus. Well, over 2,000 years before Jesus lived, which means over 4,000 years ago, that's what Abraham was learning, and today he really comes to a place where I think God wants all of us to come. He's often known as the father of the faith, and he's been learning all along, and he's learned what the title of our message is, learning to fully trust the God who provides. And it's a process, but sometimes God uses his word in hyperdrive, and I hope he does today, for a lot of us to get us to trust. Genesis 22 is regarded as one of the most challenging messages in the Word of God. I remember several years back reading a poll, and it said, what were the 10 most challenging uh, Bible passages in the Bible? And this passage was in them. It wasn't near the top of the list, but still, if you're in the top 10, there's something going on here. 
And I know when we read it, and I just read the first two verses, when we read it, we're just like, what? You, you want Abraham to kill his son? And this is where sometimes when the Bible passages are tough and we just read it, we kind of don't get it. Interesting, do you know the scripture tells us to meditate on the word and to really, to mull it over, to, to keep thinking it over. And what is God trying to say to us? Abraham and Sarah had waited many, many long years to have a son that God promised them. And then they finally had one. Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90. So those of you who've had kids, what, what does that do to you thinking like, like ladies having a baby at 90? <laughs> and uh, you know, 90 is the new 40, Sarah. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, God, whatever you say. So, so Isaac was the miracle child and he, and he was born. And God promised that there would be a great nation that would come through Isaac And here in Genesis 22, that promise is challenged. And that great nation looks like it is in danger. And and as we'll see, it's a test. And, And the Lord tests all of us, not tempts, he tests all of us to help us grow in our faith. He wants us to grow in maturity. He wants to produce a depth of faithfulness in each and every one of us. And then a lot of these tests that other people go through are recorded in the scriptures so we can see how they reacted to them. So sometimes we see the test and we go, yeah, not good. Definitely do not do that. And other times we go, wow, I'm not there yet, Lord, sorry. Uh, I'll I'll determine that I'll try to get there, but I'm certainly going to need your help. And this test for Abraham comes absolutely out of nowhere. And that oftentimes, sometimes we know the tests are coming, but a lot of times the tests that God gives us do come out of nowhere. And we have to ask ourselves, how ready are we for those tests? And we'll see how ready Abraham is now after we've seen He does good and then he fails. He does good and then he fails. He does good and then he fails. How is he going to do now? So let's jump in Genesis chapter 22, verse one and two. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, all of a sudden you're like, like, oh, there there he is. God's calling to me, great. And and he said, here I am. Then he said, and notice it, it, It's divided up really into three different ways for emphasis here. Then he said, take now your son. Stop right there. If there's a pause right there, you're like, great. Outdoor activities. Here we go, man. It's going to be fun. going to be fun. Your only son, Isaac. Now, he did have another son named Ishmael who left last week, but, but that was the son born of not of the promise. So take now your son, your only son, and number three, whom you love, And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there. Now, what kind of an offer is that? Like, is that a job offer? Is that a, you know, what's that going to be? Offer him there as a burnt offering. What? 
It's what the pagans do. They, they burn their kids. They sacrifice their kids. That's not what God, that's not what we do. That's not what we do. And we know that he's a young man at this point. And so offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So this is kind of like when he first started out, remember? God said, just, just go to some place. You know, I'll show you where. Now he's like, just, just start walking over that way and I'll show you where, but I'm going to tell you what you're going to do when you get there. You, you're going you're to offer your son to me as a burnt offering. Now let's just back up for a second. It says in verse one, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. We know it's a test. He doesn't know. Don't tell him. We, we know it's a test. And you know, God's test what they do, don't you? They show us what we're really like. Do you ever look on the ingredients of something that it says all natural and you realize this is not all natural at all. This is like 10% natural. So God is going to really show us what we are like with these tests Abraham doesn't know it's a test, but this is very real to him. Now, a lot of skeptics comment on the cruelty of God here, but in reality, if you want to take that position, you're actually making the position that the Bible is true. You say, how so? Well, if the Bible writer, who we presume to be Moses, wanted God to look good, would you put this in? You, you would hardly put it in that God said, hey, go kill your kid. That, that doesn't make God look good at all. Again, the local pagans, the Canaanites, they sacrificed people. They sacrificed babies. God was very clear that he was 100% against it. This is one of the many reasons why Christians are pro-life. Now, some of you would think, okay, this is why I don't read the Bible, Pastor Jim. You, you say, don't read it, meditate on it. The more I read this over and over again, the more I'm confused by this. And so Abraham, this is another one of those times where he is, again, the name of our series, he's venturing into the unknown to a land that God would show him with not a lot of details, not a lot of specific instructions. Mainly, he says, I want you to have faith and trust in me. So, after all those years of being promised the blessing, 25 plus years of being promised the blessing of a son, now he's called to go and put to death the promised beloved son. Now, let's, let's again put ourselves in the place of each character. That is beyond the point of human reasoning. It really is, isn't it? I mean, all those years, you've got to just, 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 oh, well, he's in the Bible. He, you know, trouble doesn't affect him, really. He's human, just like the rest of us. That is beyond human reason. Now, I don't think he did, but <laughs> this is beyond God's promise, but I don't think he did. But how do you tell your wife? You know, it's one of those things when, you know, God tells you, <laughs> I told Pam, I thought, God wanted me to sell the business, and it was a Saturday morning, I remember it well, and she was reading her Bible and kind of went up and talked to her. She looked at me like, you're kind of bothering me. I'm reading my Bible. I was like, well, sorry, I just want to tell you something. And uh, I think God wants me to sell our 
family business and, and go into the ministry. And she's like, she looks up and she's like, yeah, he told me about six months ago and puts her head back down and keeps reading the Bible. <laughs> and, and, and how do you tell your wife, um, honey, we're going out. Great, it's good. You and the boy are going to spend some time together. You and the young man are going to spend some time together. That's really great. What are you going to do? I'm going to kill our son. You could just picture her going, I know, I want to kill him sometimes too. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I know how you feel. No, honey, 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 God told me to kill him, to literally kill him. Do, 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 do. I mean, you're like, okay, you're losing your mind. And, and if you're a guest here, or you're just watching online, or you're listening on the radio in months to come, or whatever like that, I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you. I, I just, maybe it's just the way God wired me, but I'm just going to be honest with you. I find God so confusing at times. And you would think that with having the, the luxury of being able to study the Bible so much throughout the week, that I would begin to figure him out more. And some parts of him, I do, fi- I have figured out a lot more. But other parts of him, I'm just more and more confused about. And I find him not only confusing, just completely mind-boggling, perplexing at times. Dare I say, sometimes I find him a bit weird. I don't mean that in a, in a, in a blasphemous way. I'm just like, what are you... What are you doing? Like, what? You give them the kid, and then you say, kill the kid? Like, that seems to be a little bit of a contradiction. I know you don't contradict yourself. I know the skeptics say that you do. I know you don't, but it is confusing. For years, you tell these poor people, wait for the promise. And then as they're waiting, you let them make tons of mistakes. You let them learn tons of hard lessons. And then you finally deliver on the promise, and now you say, go destroy the promise. Now, Isaac's name, remember what his name means? It means laughter. This week, it means smoke him. (laughs) Consume him. A burnt offering would be totally consumed. Now, right, right about now, some of you are thinking, this is why I avoid the Old Testament. I, I, I stick to Jesus. He's so much easier to understand. Really? Really? Let me just give you one example. John chapter 11, verse 5 and 6 says this. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. That's their brother. So he's far away from them. So when he heard that he was sick, when the great miracle healer heard that Lazarus was sick, he no doubt rushed to the aid of his friend. No, it says he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And then if you know the story, what happens? Lazarus dies. Oh, Jesus is so much easier to figure out. He really is. He really is. Just imagine you're those sisters. What did they say? If you were here, they both said, if you were here, he wouldn't have died. Now here, let's go back to Abraham. I could just imagine how sadness would completely overwhelm him. Completely overwhelm him. That he could have, begin to have such doubt in the promises of God. 
And that doubt would begin to just overwhelm him and overwhelm his faith. And, and here's the thing, with each word God says to him, the situation gets clearer to him and gets worse. So if you only knew up to here, if you had never read the story before, what do you think he's going to do? Let me ask you a harder question. What would you do? What would you do? I don't know. Again, I'm just being honest. Maybe you feel that way sometimes. I know I do. You think you get this word from God. You think you get this picture in your mind of the way things are going to be. And then all of a sudden, just blows up. It's like a burnt offering. It's just, it's just gone. So here's something I have learned. I've learned how to be confused. Some of you are like, not very helpful, Pastor Jim. We know how to be confused. We didn't come here to learn something like that or to be reminded of that. Here's something I have learned. When I am confused, when you are confused, any follower of Jesus is confused, keep walking by faith until there is clarity. Keep walking by faith until the darkness comes to light. The darkness always turns into the light. And if it doesn't see, if it's a long night and there's no clarity, keep walking by faith. Verse three, so Abraham rose early in the morning. I'm thinking he slept. (laughs) And saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So get the picture, they're walking, okay? They're going for three days and they are walking. Nobody knows what's going on except for Abraham. They get to the foot of the mountain and he says to the servants, I want you to wait here. Why? Because this is father and son business. That's why, loved ones, so much of the cross is a mystery to us. You know why? Because it's father and son business. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Father and son business. Verse six, so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on uh, Isaac, his son. So that means he's not a little boy, right? Some people say he's a teenager. Some Jewish tradition has him in his 30, about 30, about Jesus's age. Also tells us that he could easily stop his father. I mean, his father's very old now. I mean, I'm not, I don't mean to be critical. If you're 115 or 120 or 130, I don't mean to call you old, but you are. <laughs> so he's a very old man. And so, the, so he puts the wood on Isaac. 
And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. Typical dad, right? <laughs> you schlep the stuff, kid. I'll carry the easy stuff. Not that I've ever done that to my boys. Okay. And the two of them went together. Why? Because it's father and son business. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father, and he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, here are the fi- look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So once again, we read, the two of them went together. It's almost like they're partners in what God is about to do. Interesting, Abe gets up and gets going. Same thing he did when he had to circumcise the boy. Same thing he had to do when it was time for Ishmael to leave. Same thing he does now. Now he's, he's no longer delaying. See how the maturing process is going on in Abraham? This guy has come a long way from, uh, she's not my wife, she's my sister. He's come a long way. But notice this, he doesn't say a word to God. Remember when God told him he was going to judge Sodom and Gomorrah? He had a lot to say, didn't he? Abraham had a lot to say, but now, not here, not at all. Now, here's the thing that we have to remember. We're not asked to make an assumption that we might be making right now. We might make the assumption that there's no emotion in Abraham. We're not asked to make that assumption. We are asked to see something. We're asked to see his quiet obedience. And I think we're also asked to see the cost of faith. A faith that costs us nothing is no faith at all. So they walk for three brutal days. Put yourself in Abraham's mind. Put yourself in his head. Three brutal days. Is this another test? Was his obedience impulsive? Do you ever impulsively obey God? Say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Maybe God's giving you time to think about it. You sure you're, are you, you say you're all in. I'm going to give you three days to think about if you're all in. Maybe he's wondering, is Abraham going to get cold feet? I know none of you have never do this, done this. You come to church on Sundays and you watch online. I know other, the other people. But did you ever promise God you would do something and quit or not do it? Who said yes? Multiples of you said yes. They say, we're not all like you, Pastor Jim. We all didn't walk up to our wife and say, I'm going to go into the ministry. That was 16 years of saying no, (laughs) or 14, whatever it was, 13. That was a long time of saying no. Why is it important that Abraham is willing? Because when God gave his son for us on the cross, he gave us everything. And so when God asks us to give our life to him, what does he expect from us? He wants us to give him everything. Total trust. And do you know what develops total trust in us? Tests. They do. The tests teach us to walk by faith, 
not by our emotions. Now, that doesn't mean I don't support an emotional faith. I actually do. I I would love to see us be, as a congregation, more emotional in our worship. But a life run strictly by emotion, not by faith and trust, is going to be all over the place. You see, and if again, if you're new to this Christian thing or you're watching online or you're whatever it is, you're just like, I, I, don't, I don't get, this is extreme. You see, for a lot of people, God is plan B. You know anybody like that? God's plan B. He's like, they're like, well, I'm gonna live my life and you know, at the end it'll all work out. That's plan B. For some people, God is plan A. Well, for the most part, I'm following God and I'm cool with it. And and I think he's cool with me. You know, it's all right, but that's fine. God does not want to be plan A or plan B. God wants to be the only plan. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ, no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there, too, if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. Changedbyloveradio.org.